now running SwiftPage. The company was founded in 2001, just did a big recap. They went from 60,000 customers in 2015 and 26.2 million bucks in revenue up to 84,000 customers today. Uh, they're scaling out ARPUs between 90 bucks and 150 bucks per month to get that customer. They're spending less than 500 bucks. So six month payback period as they look to scale. They've got a big announcement coming up soon where they're going to be moving into the marketing automation space as their team of 250 people continue to work really, really hard in Denver and other remote locations. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is John Oshel. He's the president and CEO at customer relationship management and marketing automation software provider SwiftPage. He has a 30-year track record of building highly profitable and sustainable revenue growth for emerging companies and established global leaders. He's been recognized several times for his involvement in the tech industry. John, are you ready to take us to the top? Oh, I'm ready, man. How you doing? I am doing well. So last time you were on was about a year ago. And there's one thing I remember from that interview that just floored me. I go, this is a guy that basically bought $70 million worth of ARR with other people's money, kept 60% equity for common, and then sold off a little piece of it later that basically made up the cost of that. And you basically got it for free, essentially, right? Awesome. Matt, you got it right, man. It's called using other people's money. <laughs> I totally get it. So get, so I want to start off, I want to assume my audience knows nothing about you for a quick second and then dive more into detail. So what is SwiftPage if people aren't familiar? Yeah, SwiftPage has been around since 2001, uh, started as a little email marketing company. Uh, so, so think like a constant contact or, you know, a, a MailChimp, et cetera. I was an early investor in the company back in uh, 03, 04, started advising the company probably in 06, helped them form a board in 09. And then in 2012, I, I have a funny story. We had a board meeting. I went to the restroom. I came back and they said, hey, man, you're the CEO. I said, come on, there's got to be a bathroom rule or something in here. So uh, no, so I took over as uh, uh, in, uh, CEO in 2012. And, you know, the story, we did a couple of real quick acquisitions and, uh, you know, took this little startup of 15 people to 350 Swifties around the world, four locations. And, uh, you know, we've been growing and having, having a lot of fun ever since. Swifties, I love that. Hey, real quick, just so people can appreciate what you and your team have done since 2012 when you come in, what was kind of general, and you can give me a range here if you want, if you're comfortable with it, ARR then versus ARR now? Yeah, so I won't give you like numbers, but I would say like over, over the last uh, uh, years, well, I would tell you when we acquired the companies in 2012. That was the 70 million ARR, right? Yeah, they were losing money. Yeah. Right? So it was going it was going this way, right? So we quickly turned that around. Uh, John, sorry, average- was, was that your, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but was that your only ARR at that point or was the core business? I thought you told me the core business was doing 30. You bought 70. Yeah. Uh, so what, what we were doing, it, the core business was uh, the little email marketing uh, company. So that was, uh, that was doing some, you know, some, some recurring revenue uh, at that point. Then we added, you know, top, on top of that. 
the revenue that we added was actually declining. Uh, it was a you know distressed asset, but we turned those around. So think of your uh, as this as top line growers and uh, in, in the MRR AR has grown around twenty percent okay. uh, year over year. So we're trying to keep that that growth going uh, on the top line. Bottom line is on fire. Uh, you know, profitable. We, uh, uh, very profitable. I mean, we when we first acquired the companies back in two thousand thirteen. Um, you know, we put a heavy, heavy investment into the, into the business. So we went on profitable for, for a year or two and then turned that around. And then, you know, now we're uh, profitable growing, uh, growing the bottom line like crazy. You'll have to, John, you have to remind us that when you did the $70 million, you bought 70 million bucks in AR with other people's money. Did you rate, what did you raise 70 million essentially to buy? Was it a one-to-one ratio there? Or did you use public funds or the private equity fund behind you? Or how did you fund that? Yeah, so we were funded in a couple different ways. So Excel KKR was uh, one of the uh, players that came in and helped us uh, from an institutional perspective. So did Jump Capital. And then from uh, from a debt perspective, we had Silicon Valley Bank that, that came in and helped us out. Um, and and it was not a one-to-one ratio. Well, it was it was a much better deal than that. I was it to say- you have, and- to wait, you have to wait for the book to come out. It, it'll be a phenomenal book. For the what to come out? Oh, the book, yeah. I was say anything going through John, you know, you know, I would say John is going to get a $70 million AR company. He's going to figure out how to talk in and get it to like 30 or 40, right? That's how you do a good deal. All right. All right. So John, where's most of the growth come? Okay. So acquisition stuff aside, you, you pulled a nice kind of playbook there. You're now profitable, growing 20% year over year, cash flow positive. Where's your head at? I mean, do you, one of the things I always wonder about folks like you, you could do anything you want. You're working now inside a private equity firm. At some point, you like stop learning, right? And then usually <laughs> people end up leaving and starting something new. Where are you at right now? Yeah, so I'll tell you what, what we're doing. We took a half a step back, and I think we might have talked about this last time. And we really have looked at the SMB industry. Uh, and we said, hey, you know what? We believe that the SMBs, there are four digital pillars that they need in order to grow. We call them presence, traffic, conversion, retention, and optimization tools. Presence, everybody knows what that is, websites, et cetera. Traffic drives traffic to the presence. That creates lead. Conversion retention is all about converting leads to customers, retaining them, and growing them. Optimization tools are things like uh, financial software, payment software, you know, HR software, et cetera. So we, we are going to basically uh, own conversion and retention for the SMB. We were dabbling in it when we were a little small email marketing company. Then we acquired you know, CRM. Uh, we're, you know, big, big, uh, here's big news. Uh, so this is exclusive just for you. Nobody else knows about this, but man, we're, we are going heavy into the marketing automation. We're launching, um, act the next generation, uh, on November the 7th. Great. Excited about that. Um, is so, this you via, know, by the way, built in house or via acquisition? Via acquisition. Which company uh, did you buy? Oh, I can't tell you that. <laughs> oh, come on. All <laughs> right. I can't tell you that, man. You get me in all kinds of trouble. All right. right. All right. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, so we're, we're going heavy uh, into marketing automation. So again, it really looks as, and we're saying, you know, conversion and retention. Forget about CRM, right? That, that is an old phrase. People have been talking about that. Customer relationship management, they've been talking about that, what, since the 90s? Uh, you know, CRM is, is not where, where it's at. It's conversion and retention. If you look about where all the big boys are going right now, what are they all doing? They're all going after three legs of a stool that is makes up what I call conversion and retention. And that's CRM, marketing automation, and service management, right? Those three legs, if you have those three pieces, now there's lots of sub pieces underneath of that, but if you have those three pieces, 
you own conversion and retention for whatever space you're in. So if you're Salesforce, you're going to own it for the enterprise. Right? If you're, um, you know, you, you take a look at what Adobe just did, bought, bought Marketo. And you, know, so you see all these players now are saying, we have to have all three legs of the stool. Do you feel We're like you have those other two and you're going to get the third here with the marketing automation? I think we, I think we've got two with the marketing automation. I think service management is an area that we uh, we've got to really go after. So I don't I don't think we can sit here and say you know some people have customized uh, the ACT platform to be a service management platform, but out of the box it's not right there. So I think that's really the next piece that we need to go after. Yeah, and help us understand just so people can kind of bucket you appropriately. I mean, should we think of you kind of like a constant contact in terms of like ARPU and customer account and things like that, or are you kind of more mid market enterprise? No, we are definitely uh, down in the small uh, small business uh, area. So when I say SMB, uh, we kind of break it down into four buckets, right? So the first first bucket is what we call lower, middle, upper, small, right? So those are kind of more of the larger companies in the SMB area, maybe 100 to 150 employees, you know, et cetera. And then you get down to the next level is what we call small, uh, which is kind of in that 50, you know, uh, person company range. And then because we're so creative with our names, the next one is small, small, uh, which is kind of like that 15 to 25 person. And then down at the bottom, we call it the IBL or individual business owner. And so, you know, our sweet spot is really in that small to small, small to IBO uh, area. You kind of go up a little bit into that lower, lower, middle, upper, small sometimes. Got it. When I talk to the folks at EIG and Dernst International and, you know, they own a lot of brands, uh, you know, whether it's HostGator or Bluehost and they're trying to buy up other kind of things in the space. Uh, they talk a ton about, you know, you have a huge volume of these. You call them, I think, IBOs, the small, small or smaller, smallest thing. But if you have millions of these folks and you add a dollar of ARPU or three dollars of ARPU, it's a meaningful mover. Uh, are you? Th- is that kind of along the lines of what you're thinking with adding another marketing kind of tool on? Is it's an upsell? Yeah, absolutely. So th- think about it a couple different ways. So in our portfolio of products, we have two distinct platforms. We call it the premium platform. And then we call it the Act 365 platform. So I'll talk about the premium platform. Right now, we've got 84,000 customers, over 300,000 users on the premium platform right now. So that means every single morning, Nathan, 300, over 300,000 people get up and they say, man, I'm using Act to grow my business, which is fantastic, right? So now if you take a look at that and you say, okay, now if you add you know, 200 to 300 bucks a month for marketing automation on top of that, you do the math, right? Holy smokes, that just the growth goes off the charts. Uh, so, you know, so the premium platform, and that's really geared towards that small, 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 and then, you know, touching on that lower, lower, middle, upper, small area is really the, the sweet spot on that. But like you said, there are millions of these IBOs and small, smalls uh, that are out there. So then we created this platform called Act 365. And what is that? It, it's basically a uh, it's a it's a very light uh, kind of uh, uh, CRM slash marketing automation. It has great customer management. It's got fantastic opportunity and pipeline management. It's got email marketing built into it, and it's also integrated with Office 365. All of that for ten bucks a month, right? People spend more than that in Starbucks, for gosh sakes. You, you know, invest ten bucks a month to grow your business, um, and so that's really geared to go after and scoop up those millions and millions of these IBOs, not only in the US, but you know, we're also using it as a geographic expansion tool to get into other countries. So it's really easy and cheap to 
uh, to you know pop it in. It, it runs in AWS, so you can pop it in any AWS instance or around the world. Mm-hmm. Now, the, you know, leveraging and kind of going down each of these spokes you talked about in the stool, those three different ones. Um, have you been able to keep this twenty percent kind of year over year growth pretty consistent since you know call it 2013, 2012 when you took over? Yeah, so a, a couple of different things. So we've gone through three distinct um, eras. I, we might have talked about this last time. When we acquired the companies, they were distressed assets. We had a lot of work to do. Um, so we need. We went into what we call the transformation era, right? So we had to transform the technology because you know when we acquired Act, it was a closed desktop system. Um, we had to transform the whole back office, the business units, the sales, the channel, et cetera, and heavy, heavy investment. So think of like the first two years were really the transformation era. And so, no, we were not we did not have, you know, 20 percent growth on that. We were we were really trying to have two businesses going, transforming the business and then trying to sell licenses and maintenance to keep the business afloat as, yep. as we were going forward. But then once we got through that, we entered into what we call the conversion era. And back then, this is around May of 2015, back then we had about 60,000 customers. And we were like, how do we convert 60,000 customers from using you know, desktop license software and maybe spending some money on maintenance to an open cloud-enabled platform and, and subscription? Uh, and that's really when, when we started taking off and we saw significant growth. We got, you know, 15, 20 percent growth. And then we've been able to sustain that. Since, through the sorry, s- sorry. Since 20. So from 2015 to 2016 and onward, you've been able to kind of do 20 to 30 percent consistently. Yeah, I think okay. of 15, 16 and 17 uh, as, you know, conversion era, you know, really good uh, uh, growth rates. Number. Now we're entering into what we're calling the growth era. Right. And so what's the growth era? Three legs of the stool on growth era. Right. Number one is there's an enormous amount of opportunity for continued organic growth. We've got a lot of ARPU movers that we can do uh, as as we go through. The second stool is really around um, geographic expansion. We're global. Uh, we're, we're around the world. But uh, really, six countries really matter for us. U.S. is obviously number one. U.K. number two. Canada is number three. Australia is number four. And then French and German. Um, and so those are our big countries. But if you listen to those countries, you know, we have a little bit of business down in Latin America. So there's huge opportunities in Brazil and Mexico for us. And, um, and, and there's non what we call non-act penetrated European countries uh, that we're, we're going after as well. So that's the second leg of the stool and in, in growth. And then the third is acquisitions. Right. Grow, uh, you know, continue to grow through through acquisitions. And so we're looking for not like 20 percent growth, but hopefully we can in the growth era get into that. 25, 30% growth sure. as, as we go forward. So. Has your, has your kind of, you know, small and smaller kind of ACVs, have they increased since 2015 or no, most of your growth has come from adding additional customers. I think you said 60,000 in 2015 and now you mentioned you're at 84,000. Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, well, we've done a couple of things. One is we've had people that, uh, used to use act like 20 years ago that all of a sudden have said, Oh my God, Act is back, you know, et cetera. So, They've come back, uh, and we call those legacy uh, users. So we've seen, uh, you know, so an upgrade there. But we've also seen a lot of net new, right? So we've been penetrating into different segments of the market. Um, you know, it's funny. Anybody over forty knows Act, knows of somebody that uses that has used Act. Anybody under forty can't spell Act, right? Yeah. So we have, you know, so there's 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 positives and negatives associated with that. And so the positives is is that it's it's a very well recognized brand. Uh, the negatives is, is that, man, it's been around a long time. Is it old software, you know, et cetera. Now you get to this segment of people that never even heard of Act before. You don't have any of that baggage. You can go right after them and say, hey, this is, 
you know, this is what you need to grow your business. John, just to be clear though, what, I, what I'm curious at is like when you had 60,000 folks, whatever they were paying per year, is it still about kind of the same today or have you driven meaningful kind of ARPU expansion? Oh, meaningful ARPU expansion. So think about those 60,000 customers back then, they were, they were buying a license and only 42% of them were paying maintenance, all right? And so- okay. And, and so now you, you switch that around and you've got, you know, a series of people that are, are paying us subscription rates at a much higher ARPU. So, you know, the ARPU is continuing to increase and, we, and we've got some more room to, to go in, in the ARPU as well. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you look, you publicly revealed via Inc. in 2015 that you did about, I think, 26.2 million bucks in revenue. That's that's what you put out on Inc., right? Uh, could be. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say that. Oh, no, I'm. Sorry, I mean, I'll just quote it. I'm looking at it right now on my screen, right? So 26.2 million in 2015, John here listed as CEO. And if there were 60,000 customers, then that's about a $437 kind of ACV. So obviously, if we multiply that 437 today, now you're well north of that, you said you've increased your ACV. But if you multiply that as a minimum times your 84,000 customers today, that puts you north of 36 million bucks in ARR. Is that generally fair math? Yeah, your math is right. Your math okay. is good. You when know, you, you bring, do you have a hundred in your sites yet or no? Oh my God, amazing. We've got a hundred right in our sites. We've like how right close? Right. Like this year, next year? No, I'd say give, give me about two, two and a half years. Interesting. Okay. And what do you'll you, be the first to know. I, I, when we're getting ready, good. we'll get on this call and I'll let you know. Good. Well, we just really, I mean, I just released a huge analysis of kind of S, uh, Slack's S1 and Qualtrics as well. You know, I had Ryan on and I said, look, Ryan, you, you check all the check boxes in terms of like, this is the perfect profile of a company to go public. Uh, you know, what's happening? And then sure enough, you know, a couple of weeks later, he's fine to go public. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll wait to obviously hear that from you. You guys are in a hot space. I mean, I mean what I would, what I would ask is, Constant contact was not loved by the public markets at all when you looked at their PE ratio relative to Salesforce. And it's like, why? And well, their churn was through the roof, right? So what's your churn today and how are you managing that? Yeah, we keep our churn down below 1.5%. We're probably one of the best in the Monthly or annually? Uh, Monthly. Logo or revenue? Uh, That's logo. 1.5% logo churn per month. And actually revenue is probably lower because um, what we do is uh, from a churn perspective, we also look, we look at three levels of churn. We look at unit churn, logo churn, and then we look at at revenue churn. So, and they're all basically hovering in that one and a half percent, some are a little bit lower. Um, But yeah, I mean, we once, listen, once we get you past that first year. And so any, anytime you're dealing with CRMs and small businesses or whatever, you win or lose your customers in the first 45 to 60 days, right? When they're, when they're coming on, if you can get them past that and you get them through that first year, I got you for 6.2 years, right? That's our average uh, lifespan of, of a customer. 6.2 um, years. And, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's where I think the difference is Nathan, and this is so important. I think you see a lot of marketing automation players that are out there that are, you know, going like crazy and, you know, they're growing or whatever, but their churn is so high. And the reason yeah. being is that it's super easy to switch out of marketing automation software, right? It's like, oh, let me take my stuff out of there and put it somewhere else. If you design and start running your business on a, on a solid CRM, it's a little bit more difficult to rip that out and put something else in. So we've got that stickiness of CRM. And now we're adding marketing automation on top of that. Um, and I think it's a real winning formula. Yeah. Now I'm going to do a calculation. You're under, trying to understand your dollar based lifetime value and then see how you actually use that to drive decision making at 1.5% logo churn per month. If I divide that, you know, one divided by 0.015, that's 67 months essentially of lifetime value or about five and a half years. If I multiply that times the ARPU you had back 
five years ago or four years ago, it's higher than that now. That puts your LTV in dollars almost at 30,000 bucks per customer. Is that accurate? I mean, is that, uh, is that accurate in terms of what you're using to forecast today? Yeah, it's probably a little bit high. Your math's a little okay. bit high, but it's it's not it's with it's within the ballpark. Yeah. And how do you use a lot of people I think use LTV the dollar figure in ways that are not healthy. Uh, you know, you hear the three to one CAC ratio, blah, blah, but a lot of times there's just things that math can't take care of. So how do you use that that LTV and dollar figure as a as a kind of indicator strategically for you? Yeah, you know, the LTV is uh, here's one one. We, we absolutely we look at LTV. I think the most uh, the most important thing that we look at is CAC, right? What is our CAC and what is our payback, right? That that's that's the that's the real uh, you know K, uh, K, uh, payback in months. So those are the real things that that drive us. And I'll tell you, sometimes we make decisions to say, you know what, it's okay if our CAC goes through the roof because we're going to get more more people on board. Yep. Uh, you know, and then and then kind of you know nurture, it, particularly if we have such a long lifetime value. Right. So so I think we look at those two metrics more than we look at, you know, long uh, lifetime value. What is your payback period today in terms of months? Yeah, it's about six, six to seven months right now. OK, that, that's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty good. And so what does that bring CAC to then? So the CAC. Uh, yeah. So I got to be careful about what, you know, what, 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 I, what I can. You can give me a range. Quickly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, our CAC, our, you know, so think about our CAC. Um, Oh man, it's, it's, uh, it's below from a logo perspective, it's below 500 bucks. Okay. Below 500 bucks. And you mean to acquire a logo? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's pretty healthy, right? So, I mean, if you're saying it's, it's going to take you six months to recover that though, that means you're only factoring an ARPU of like 90 bucks. Yeah. Is that uh, right? On, on, yeah. So it, what, what we do, yes, absolutely. Okay. So if you look, look at that, so anywhere of an ARPU of anywhere from 90 to 150 bucks uh, per, per logo. Yep. And these are kind of new onboarding that yeah. you're onboarding. Okay. Yeah. Well, but that ARPU is way less than what you had four or five years ago. You told me you've increased it. Per, oh, that's monthly. That's monthly. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. That makes sense. Six month payback. Um, And are you getting it? By the way, I'm curious from the private equity firm, are you getting any pressure to drive that, uh, that payback period longer? They're saying, look, we have cash pay two bucks to win the customer. No, no. Actually, uh, so uh, one of the things that has, had, has happened since our last conversation, I think back back in our last conversation about a year ago, we were still, uh, you know, owned by the institutional investors that I was was talking about, and sixty two percent was owned by you know the common, you know, et cetera. So in May of this year, we uh, we actually recapped the company uh, and brought in a whole new uh, set of investors, and we're able to take out the entire existing investor base and the founders and. Uh, everybody got a really, really nice return. Everybody was very, very happy. But we brought in SFW Capital based out of New York. Um, and uh, these guys, uh, you know, the majority owners of, of, of the company right now, fantastic partners to have. They understand SMB really, really well. Um, still private equity, though. Real, still private equity. And they are really, really committed to funding our growth era. Uh, and so, you know, we're, uh, you know, and they're, they're, uh, you know, putting their money where their mouth is, uh, you know, they not only did the recap, but we're turning right around and doing uh, a quick acquisition uh, right after that. So um, I'm really looking forward to, to working with these guys to uh, take us to 100 million. Good. Um, how many folks on the team today? Uh, from uh, the Swift base team? Yeah. Uh, we're, let's see, we're probably about 200 Swifties strong. Uh, and we've got another uh, 50 or so over in in, uh, in Chennai that are not uh, employees, but they're all part of Swift Page Nation. So I think about 200, 250. Okay, in Denver and then remote. Uh, so Denver's our headquarters, and then we have a large operation center down in Arizona, 
and a large operation center over in Newcastle, UK. Very good. All right, John, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, man. Uh, the number one book that I always like is Out, Outliers uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, you know, best, uh, best, best book I've ever written. Number two. Or you written, not read, written, read, right? Right, right, yeah. I didn't <laughs> we, write it. We did. wish, right? Yeah. All right, number two. Is there a CEO, an under-the-radar CEO you're following or studying? You know, my, my, the guy that I constantly always follow is my mentor. He's been my mentor since ever. Is a guy named Jerry Stead. I worked for him at IHS. We did, we did phenomenal things together. Uh, you know, he's, he's in his 70s and still going strong. Uh, and uh, he's somebody that, uh, that I constantly follow and talk to almost on a, on a monthly basis. Oh, good. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business besides your own? Besides my own, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, from, from our standpoint, we use, uh, uh, you know, I will tell you that Zora, uh, Zora uh, is a fantastic um, billing management system, subscription management system. Uh, and I think that that one, as, as we really have learned what it's been capable of doing, has really changed, uh, changed our business. I'm surprised you say that because Tina and them, they're really focused on enterprise, like Fortune 1000 kind of brands. But you, you like them, too. Oh, I love them. Yeah, That's great. these guys. Uh, yeah, we've been we've been with them now for about four years, and uh, they've been fantastic to, to work with. And number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Oh, I try and get at least six hours of sleep. So I'm a early uh, early to bed and early to rise guy. That's good. Number five, uh, or sorry, uh, tell me situation here. Married, single, kiddos. Uh, married, uh, a wonderful woman. I got four kids, three grandkids. Oh, wow. Uh, my family is, is my rock, is my lifeblood. And I how, gotta be around. And how old are you, John? Oh, I am now 56 years old. I'm an old man. 56 years young. All right. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? You know, I think my 20 year old self, uh, I wish I would have realized how fun it is to, uh, to just dive in and run companies and take chances and, and make things happen. Guys, it's fun to dive in and take chances. Coming from John, again, now running SwiftPage. The company was founded in 2001. Just did a big recap. They went from 60,000 customers in 2015 and $26.2 bucks in revenue up to 84,000 customers today. Uh, they're scaling out ARPUs between 90 bucks and 150 bucks per month to get that customer. They're spending less than 500 bucks, so six-month payback period as they look to scale. They've got a big announcement coming up soon where they're going to be moving into the marketing automation space as their team of 250 people continue to work really, really hard in Denver and other remote locations. John, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. It's been fun. Thanks, man.